Hello, welcome, welcome, welcome to your show, Fruit for Your Soul. I'm your host, Cardelia Reed, and I want to say thank you so much for joining me today. There's so many other things you could do with your time, so it means a lot that you're spending the next 20 to 30 minutes with me. Um, I'm going to have the show today. It's going to be on continuing on love and relationships, but particularly on how to effectively love others. And I know I've been talking about the relationship with the Holy Spirit and how he gives us that love because God is love. And once you understand who he is and spend time with him, now you can effectively move on to how to truly love others, regardless of who it is. The most important thing to remember is that you cannot understand or appreciate how to love Love yourself and others until you know who you truly are and what's inside of you. And then learn the kind of love that you're capable of giving and receiving because now you truly have a genuine understanding of greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And so I'm talking about the Holy Spirit and I'm going to start this one off today with Romans 8, 38. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor debt, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now, the last part of that says, shall separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So what does that tell me? That tells me that when the Holy Spirit is in me and there's love in me and nothing can separate me, number one, from that love that I have for the Holy Spirit and that God has for us in Christ Jesus our Lord, it tells me that I am capable of projecting that same kind of love unto others, that nothing should separate love that I have for others because of what's in me. And so I'm not doing it by my flesh. I'm loving by my spirit. Does that make sense? I'm loving others by the spirit that is in me. So there's nothing that another person can do that can make me love them less. Now, I cannot, I may not like the behavior that they have. I may not like some of the performances and the actions that they're showing, or maybe something they did to display that, but nothing shall separate us from that love because of the love that God has placed in us. The love should stay the same because what happens is that when we find ourselves hating other people, resenting them and have bitterness and unforgiveness because of something they've done, we place that on the person totality, okay? We find that there is a gateway for demons. And when demons come in through those gateways, we find ourselves getting to the same pattern particularly in the dating area, dating and marriage, particularly in those areas, we start, we start going in the same circle over and over and over and over again. A stronghold develops, okay? That's when Satan's deed starts to occur in our lives massively. And the more we give into that stronghold, the worse it gets. And then we get down the rabbit hole of divorce, which just places all kinds of curses on our family line. Um, That's probably resulting from a curse that was not broken off, unfortunately. And then we have all kinds of issues as we have and we see in this world when it comes to relationships and people break up because of all kinds of demons that have come and set in. And this is why I have this podcast because I want to talk about how to love people effectively without worrying about that. And so you love them with no limitations and no expectations. And so when I when I say that, people get really um, 
I know something in you probably jumps. You're thinking, oh my gosh, you mean that laundry list of the person that I want to meet? I got to get rid of that list. What I'm saying to you is when you understand the values that you have placed on yourself because of the Holy Spirit in you, then you start looking at life more realistically and you loving people for who they are, not what they can do for you and not how you can control them. If that makes a whole lot of sense and uh, hopefully it does. But let's get to this. So I, I'm going to use an example here. And gosh, I love this example. So I, I the, the movie Harriet Tubman was just so popular and so great. I love that movie. And of course, we've all heard about Harriet Tubman. But it kind of opened up your eyes into a whole new light. And one of the things I love the most, being a Christian and a believer and being saved, I love the fact that she was prophetic. And that was huge because we don't see a lot of movies in the secular world that focus that much on what the Holy Spirit can show us and do for us and how the Holy Spirit used her as a vessel to make a difference and change basically a whole nation of people, literally. Uh, so at the end of the day, I was so impressed that I went ahead and on Wikipedia, I wanted to look up more information about her because I knew what I had known before, but I, I found out more in the movie and I wanted to know more um, by looking her up. So when I looked her up, I found out that she had gotten a second marriage, which was just wonderful. And because it was so hard for her on the, on the first one, and God used that to bring her back to the South to help other slaves, uh, even though uh, she was not still with that particular husband anymore. But on her second marriage, she actually married a man who was 20-something years her age, younger than her. And so it was interesting because if you think about around that time, there were no birth certificates. So she didn't even know when she was born. Um, it didn't really matter, right? Because her life was so profound that she had such a great purpose as, as we all do. But she married a man who was 20 something years younger than her. And it just goes to show that she lived, she was 91 years old. So we can make an assumption that she was happy <laughs> when she married him because she would not have married him had she not loved him, right? So thus she had removed certain limitations on who she can love. Now we didn't start technically getting birth certificates until somewhere around the, I want to say 30s, 40s, 1930s, 40s, somewhere around there, I'm guessing. Could be 20s. Either way, probably the 20s. That makes sense. The 1920s. Either way, when we start getting birth certificates, we start knowing how old people were, right? Which makes a lot of sense. You should. Because prior to then, no one had birth certificates, but people were getting married left and right over and over and over again, married all the time. And, you know, some, as long as you weren't marrying a baby. Now, let's just, just be honest. But you were marrying people that you, it was a consensual decision and you loved each other genuinely. And it sounds like to me, we got birth certificates, we found out how old we were, and then we got more educated. And when we got more educated, we thought about this real hard. So, you know, what? I can't love that person. That person's too young, too old, too this, not educated enough, don't understand that, too big, too small, too something. We put so many limitations on love that we're finding out in the body of Christ. Hello? There are a lot of single people. A lot of single people and nobody's talking about it. We're talking about the Bible and about the Holy Spirit. True enough. But can we take it a step further and talk about why there are so many single people in the body of Christ older than what they ever been and not getting married? You know why? We've thought about this thing a little bit too hard. We place too many expectations and limitations on love. And then we get incredibly disappointed. We get incredibly hurt. And then we blame the other person for that. 
So let's talk about why uh, this is happening. Um, I want you to know that when you are placing the Holy Spirit as a priority in your life, we understand that God doesn't take his love back. No matter how much we mess up, no matter how bad we are, no matter how evil we are, no matter how wicked we can be, number one, God doesn't take his love back. So I'm trying to understand why do we, you know, I found out something about myself when I started walking this walk spiritually, I found out that I had something called baby love. And baby love, if someone makes you mad enough, you take your love back. I don't love you anymore. Forget it. I want my love back. I don't want to be bothered with you. Leave me alone. That's the kind of love I found out I had. The Holy Spirit had to show that to me. And I found that out in my marriage. My husband had made me, he, he did something to really disappoint me, as people always do. And I said, you know what? I don't love you anymore. And then I found out, well, maybe did I really love you? <laughs> did I really understand what true love was? No, I didn't. Because I didn't have that relationship with the Holy Spirit like I should. Because when we don't do that, we find ourselves loving people how we were taught in our environments growing up. And then we think, oh my God, I don't even think I was loving like that. And the truth is, you are a great person. You have a good heart. God plays so much inside of us. But we tend to put limitations on that love because of what we were taught. I was taught growing up by so many different women, make sure you marry yourself a rich husband. A rich husband. Because men don't do anything, but she, at least you'll have his money. That so disagreed with my spirit. And it just felt awful to hear them say that. But the average person that wouldn't really that didn't really seek more or seek further in God's word would probably start to believe that after a while. Because what happens is that when Satan plants that seed in your life and you think about that seed, that seed starts to manifest in the people that you meet. And then you think, well, maybe I should have done that because this person disappointed me anyway. Maybe I should just have the money. And then you marry somebody rich and then they used to disappoint you. And then you blame somebody else for that. And you're still hurt because none of it makes sense anyway right? It makes no sense. So remember, God doesn't take his love back. Nothing separates us from the love of God. I think that verse is so amazing because it started out by saying angels. Angels have so much power, but even they can't separate us from the love of God. And do you know the devil is also a fallen angel? He can't say, he doesn't have the power to separate us from the love of God because we make that choice. We make a choice to have that relationship with the Holy Spirit and then exhibitate that love in our lives. And we can decide to stop loving people too. So when we open ourselves up that I'm going to love somebody regardless of certain things, then there's so, a whole new world expounds upon you that you can never even imagine or even dream of. Remember, God blesses us exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ever imagine or expect when we open up our hearts to everything that he wants to do in our lives and through us because us loving other people and getting into relationships and getting married because the Bible acknowledges marriage, okay? And we are saved and we are believers. I need you to remember something very, very, very important. God's word acknowledges marriage. It does not under any circumstances acknowledge dating. Nowhere, nowhere. It, there's nowhere in the Bible where you're going to find courting or dating. You're going to find people met and they have a profound interest in each other, which is very obvious. And they got married. 
Because that's a part of God's covenant for us. The first commandment is to be fruitful and to multiply. That was for Adam and Eve. You didn't see an area where his God said, wait, don't get married. Go walk down the Garden of Eden first and hold hands and talk. And then date a little while. And maybe I'll come back later. And then we can talk about you guys getting married. So what I'm saying to you is a boyfriend is not your husband. He's your friend. Okay. A girlfriend is not your wife. You can't control it because she's your girlfriend. She's your friend. All right. This is a time that God has placed you in each other's lives to understand, hey, is this the person for me or not? And when you have the Holy Spirit and when you are saved, you're going to know almost immediately. Almost immediately. Now, I'm not saying no immediately, then go get married and be done the next day. What I'm saying to you is allow that time for God to show you who your friends truly are and then point out the one that he wants you to marry. Allow that time to be friends, not lovers first. That's really important. When you have a friend, you literally can give that love to them. And you can say to them, I love you without feeling all weird. Like, okay, now that person wants to jump into bed with me. You can really love that person genuinely because we understand that when we love people, we're not always placing romance first. Romantic love is a type of love. It's not the only kind of love you can have in a friend of the opposite sex. So you can have a friend and you can remove all those expectations and limitations on them and just love them wholeheartedly because they are a friend. It's not because of the kind of job they have. It's not because of how they look. It's not because of how they sound. It's not because of the color that they are. It's not because of how much money they have or don't have. It's not because of their degrees. Those are all worldly things and fleshly things that we place on people when we don't have the Holy Spirit in us and have that have that relationship, excuse me, have that relationship the way we should have with the Holy Spirit and acknowledging that he is directing our path with us. That's a better way of saying that. So I want you to remember that because there's so many of us suffering. It is very difficult for me um, being in ministry. Uh, the only time I find difficult is when I'm talking to people, particularly women who are single, they could be any age. And, um, and it's very obvious, you know, you talk to them and then they're talking about everything under the sun, nonstop consistently. And you can't even get a word in because something has got a stronghold on their mind. And you go, the next thing the Holy Spirit says, ask them about dating. And I say, are you dating anyone? The answer is no. Do you have any male friends? Uh, I know some people, but not really. And that's unbalanced. That's not that's that's not the kind of balance we're supposed to have in life, people. Okay, you got to have a, a, a really a diversity of people in your life because there's a diversity of people in the body of Christ. Okay, you got to have people in your life to help balance you. When you become unbalanced, you become so tilted on one side of your life. You don't understand that there's certain things about you that's warding other people off. All right. It could be incessantly nonstop talking about yourself, incessantly being about yourself (laughs) and excessively thinking that the only person in the conversation is yourself Um, and open up your mind and your your everything about your spirit and be approachable. All right. I'm not saying smile, cheesy, cheesy, Kool-Aid smile all day long. I'm saying be appealing. All right. Know that, you know, God, a part of praising God and being saved is opening up your spirit and to be approachable. Even at times you don't feel like it. 
because what happens is that we perpetuate a, a, a literally some type of cycle in our lives when we're not aware of others around us and how they perceive us. My mom told me years ago, someone's always watching you. And it's very true. Someone's always watching you. And the back of your mind, you say, well, I don't really care who's watching me because no one around is attractive anyway. And see, that that is the kind of mind frame that keeps us single in the body of Christ. All right? That is the kind of mind frame. And I don't want to sound like I'm just talking about women because I, I meet men the exact same way. Um, some men are the exact same way. They talk incessantly uh, because of the insecurity inside of them. Maybe they feel like if they don't talk, this person's not going to have enough interest in me. And you have to be balanced to the point where you say, hey, you know, I have uh, male friends in ministry. Well, they'll say, hey, Cordelia, that's not a good idea. Hey, Cordelia, uh, you might want to rethink this. That, that's not correct. You know, you got to have people that's going to help balance you. All right. And that's going to literally that's walking with the spirit and that's going to give you advice to help you understand how to grow. And we have to grow in all our areas and be open minded in those areas. So I'm saying all this because I really think that when we open up ourselves up to what the Holy Spirit has us to see, there's nothing that around us that we can't allow ourselves to um, be open to. For example, if you're at the gas station, if you're at the gas station and, you know, you see someone What's wrong with saying good morning? Smiling. It doesn't matter who it is. What's wrong with saying good morning, right? Nothing's wrong with that when you think about someone in general. But what about if it's the opposite sex? Do you shy away because you're afraid of what they may think? Well, when you have the Holy Spirit in you, who cares? Who cares? I mean, is your goal to please the Holy Spirit, please God, or to please man? So what happens is that if you smile and say good morning, I guarantee you it's not enough people in this world saying good morning and smiling. You stick out like a sore thumb. Number two is there's the strong possibility that person's going to say good morning back, whether they smile or not. Number three is if they don't smile or say good morning back, you have opened up something in the spiritual realm that you don't normally do. So what happens is next time people start approaching you saying good morning and you didn't, you had no idea where that's coming from. You know, one thing I have noticed about my life um, I love people. I love talking to people. Um, I just, I'm just, I, I'm an amusing kind of person because I just, I love getting out the house. I'm very gregarious. And of course, like the average person, there's some days I'm just not feeling it. I'm not feeling it. Being a woman, being hormonal sometimes, you just, you're just naturally trying to fight off some things flesh-wise. Sometimes your flesh disappoints you and fails you where you like, you have to work a little harder to smile. One particular day I was up in, I was taking a family trip up in San Francisco. And um, I may have told this example before, but I just was not in a good mood because I was traveling with my kids. I was tired. I didn't have enough sleep. I was a little unbalanced as far as probably my food and sleep situation. So I remember um, I kind of like wasn't just, I just, I'm not sure what was going on, but I was more focused on um, maybe going down a negative rabbit hole in my mind. So I was fighting to be positive. Now, while all this is going on, this lady walks up to my daughter and goes, aren't you the prettiest little girl? Oh, my gosh. You are just adorable. And who is this? Is this your mom? You have such a beautiful family. And God bless you. She could not stop talking and giving me compliments. And I, it, it, I felt the Holy Spirit nudge me. Because I know these are little things that some people take for granted. But I know that was the Holy Spirit saying, you see, this is me loving on you. 
because you always do it for my people. Remember, we're all God's people. I'm going to do it for you too. And that changed my whole perspective. I didn't work as hard anymore because I know the Holy Spirit had that lady come up and talk to my family like that. And it just kept, it was a domino effect all day. People went out of their way just to be nice to me and my family. And it meant everything to me. That's what I'm talking about. When you are like that, when you open up yourself to what God has for you, something opens in the spiritual realm for you to in favor place in your life. And it's not just for you. It's for you to be the vessel God wants you to be and open yourself up. And I promise you, when you start looking at things like this, you won't be single very long. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm very serious. You're not going to be single very long because the people you're going to meet and the places God's going to take you is just absolutely amazing. So remember that the next time you step out of your house and the, the devil wants to say, oh my goodness, you know, you're not going to be anybody. They still don't even think about it. Say, no, that's not correct. That's not correct. I will meet someone today in the mighty name of Jesus. Make a, a list of how many people you want to meet. A good way to start is at three. Even when you're at the drive-thru, for example, when you're at the drive-thru, okay, talk to the person that's giving you the food. Say, hey, how are you doing? You having a good day today? I guarantee you nobody asks them that. You may not even, okay, I know initially you may not even care how they're doing. I'm just, <laughs> I, I, sometimes I'm just going to take it there. Sometimes people don't care. But you know what? Because you are saved and because of the Holy, you have the relationship you have with the Holy Spirit, God really loves you for that. And you'd be surprised at the kind of response you get when you do something different. Now, I focus a little bit on trying something different because of the love that you have in you. And I'm going to pick up on part two um, on the next episode. So I'm going to pause right here, pick up on part two, because I want you to understand you have to put love out there with no expectations and limitations because the love that God has placed in you, he loves us like that. So we have to put that out there. It gets to the point where that's not even an option anymore when we are literally saved and we are saved. So we got to understand what it means to be saved. That's why I started those first five episodes off with the relationship with the Holy Spirit and giving those examples. Because right now this is basic stuff, but it's really important stuff. It's really important for you to get this right. And this applies not only when you're single, but even in your marriage, you got to do something new and different every day. Something we take for granted. Simple stuff people really appreciate. But when you close yourself off and you're not growing and the Holy Spirit is not, you're not listening to the Holy Spirit. Okay. Because I know, he, I, I know he's there when you're not listening to him, you're disobedient. Things start to happen and you start going down a rabbit hole of issues. All right. So let's pause right here. Now, remember, if nothing else, Jesus loves you. And so do I, I am on the cross network, uh, twice a week, Mondays and Thursdays. I am working with, I'm on the show. Jesus is our Jubilee. Uh, with Pastor Gerald Jones. Sometimes we have a parent discussion. Sometimes I'm by myself. So look for me there. I do have a relationship book coming out now. My new release date is April 14th. So I want you to be out on the lookout for that. Um, I will probably talk a lot more about that, as, especially as we talk about uh, this particular subject because, because the book is called Little Diary of Relationship Truths. All right, stay tuned for part two. I'll talk to you next time.